Hello and welcome to the Inner Sanctum, our last online sessions, our last Inner Sanctum for 2022 with the gorgeous and delicious Jasmine. Welcome, Jasmine. It's great to be here. Thank you. Well, I, as I said, I sent a newsletter out and I said, we're going out with a bang with uh, <laughs> with, <laughs> with you. <laughs> but uh, it's been another big year and I think we we're in for another big year in 2023 as, um, as the guides tell me, as the light quota on planet Earth increases, it just mm. sort of exaggerates everything, the good and the bad and the ugly, you know what I mean? It just reveals and exaggerates everything. And so we either meet that with love and understanding or we meet it with, um, you know, drama. <laughs> and I feel like your teaching is just so um, important for this time on planet Earth at the moment to understand who we are as uh, an extension of yeah. uh, of divinity. So let me just um, share your your bio with people. I just want to check to make sure we're live. Sorry, I'm just checking all the different platforms. I really need a person to help me do this, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> just make sure that we are live ah yep we are live uh youtube's changed the game too so they've put everything in a different place i've got to find it every time you go online you've got to do different tech okay so jasmine its main service and agenda is the raising of consciousness to co-create a healthy, harmonious world. A meditator for over 44 years, she specializes in deep plane journeys using the alchemical meditative process, allowing people to merge even deeper with their own enlightened nature. She's an ambassador of peace for the Embassy of Peace, traveling the world, helping to educate millions into a better global resource usage via developing a stronger connection to our divine resource within. Since 1993, Jasmine has been personally nourished by prana, living without the need to intake physical food. Her work specializes in in deep inner plane journeys to allow people to merge even deeper with the essence ocean of pure love that channels and feeds us all. A deeply peaceful person, Jasmine is light, entertaining and always filled with love and always inspirational in her gatherings. An ambassador for peace, founder of the Embassy of Peace, international lecturer and online course facilitator, artist, sacred art retreat facilitator, filmmaker, musician, author and metaphysical researcher of 42 books in 19 languages, she also offers guided meditations to improve health and happiness. And uh, there's a few websites where people can see your work, jasmaheen.com, selfempowermentacademy.com.au and Embassy of Peace. Uh, you know, as I was uh, revisiting your work today, I was thinking for all those people awakening to being a light worker and wondering how they can serve this world. You'd only have to look at your life and just pick one component of it and that would do. You've done yeah. so much over the years, so much. You've been such an ambassador for the light. Do you want to share some of your work with us? Some, you know, Not how it started because we did share your journey in mm. the show that people can go and look at, but some of the important aspects of your the work over the years. 
Yeah. Look, I think our journeys are so interesting because we are all so unique. One of the things that uh, I've realized for me is the importance of asking from your heart. You could call it prayer or you could just call it just speaking out loud going, eh, what the? I want to understand this. And I think a lot of people do that in life at certain stages. And I know I've done that myself. And they've been the greatest triggers and the greatest revelations, especially when what you are seeking and what you are wanting to understand, when that is good for human evolution, it's like this benevolence just serves you and go, reveals to you experientially, which I think is so important, whatever it is you're seeking, and then you can share it with others. First, you apply it in your own life and you have success with that. You go, oh, well, I was stuck or I was not understanding or I needed a boost or I was confused or whatever happens in the normal course of life on earth and then you get that boost and you get that revelation and maybe you get a technique or or a way of being to deal with it and you become free liberated and then you find in the magnificence of life that people who are going through similar things are magnetized to your field you know i have this um little story i'll, I'll just share with you when things pop into my head in 1992, I'd not been listening to my inner guidance and um, my inner guidance had been to leave the corporate field that I was in. I was working as a computer programmer doing international finance and banking and arbitrage and hedge funds. And there was this push saying, come on, enough, you need to move on. There's something else for you to do. And I was resisting because I had two kids in school and I wanted to finish their education and I was being pragmatic. Anyway, eventually, because I wasn't listening to this inner call and inner push, everything got stripped away, you know, everything, because I was on a timeline. In other words, I'd agreed to do something before I took embodiment that required me being ready in the field at a certain time. And that was to do with source feeding. Anyway, so I'd ignored that. And before I knew it, everything had been stripped away. My niece had been killed in a car accident, which really rocked our family. I'd lost my job. The company I was with had gone bankrupt. Um, my parents had become really sick with heart issues. I was told I had cancer. It was all happening at one point together. And um, it was a lot. And I found myself on my knees just saying to the universe, all right, you've got my attention. What am I meant to be doing? I'm listening. And then a reweave happened, a new way of being happened. But first I had to be really, really willing and not ignoring that inner call. And it was funny because a newspaper contacted me and I don't even know how they'd heard that I'd moved from the corporate field, that I had to had I'd had a big change in my life. And it was just a local paper. And they wanted to know 
how I was dealing with that. And I just said, you know, it's, it's okay because I've always been a meditator. You know, I've been meditating since 1972, 73. And I said, meditation is just so wonderful because the first gift it gives you is the ability to just step back. You become more detached and in that detachment you tend to act in life rather than react to life and you Mm -hmm. tend to have a bigger picture agenda coming in and so that article that they wrote about this suddenly my phone was ringing hot with all these people saying can you teach me how to meditate and it was like But that's a private thing. I never, ever saw myself as a meditation teacher. I never, ever thought that was something that people were interested in because I thought they'd find their way, as I had, with magic and grace and synchronicity when you need to begin that path of more self-mastery, self-responsibility. So these people were coming, but the point of the story was, I didn't ask too much about people and what their journey was. I just ended up with four full classes. And the Tuesday morning class, everyone in that class had cancer. It was incredible. I just cleared through natural methods cancer. I had a cancerous tumor on my liver and that had cleared. It had taken a few months And every person in the class Tuesday, there was no other class where anyone was sick with anything. They were strong, fit, healthy. But the Tuesday morning class, it was like this benevolence had said, well, you've been on this journey. You've cleared it. Now we've put together a group of people who you can help. But the idea that they're all in the one class when I hadn't had anything to do with the mental analysis to me was, wow, I get it. There are people, you know, there are forces and people too, because I see them as our galactic family. You know, I've long been like many of you here, really connected with my intergalactic family and friends because over the years of meditation, you start to have some really interesting hookups and meetings, you know, when you hit the right frequency. So I just love things like this. Oh, beautiful. Wow. Yeah, that cancer story, that actually happened to me years ago too when I did a talk. I th- I was going to talk about, I was going to keep it light and keep it happy. And, you know, you have this, you, you, you think you know what you're going to talk about, then you turn up and the guides have a completely different. So what I started talking about religion and cancer and I said, the words are flying out of my mouth. I'm like, this doesn't sound happy and joyful. And almost everyone in this cafe that I was talking in, there was about 50 people came up to tell me about their cancer journey. Mm. My dad's in hospital with cancer. I bought my mm. friend. He's been diagnosed with cancer. My mother died of cancer. A couple came up. We met at the cancer clinic. And I realized at that moment, oh, you've got to stop trying to control this because you're not in yeah. charge. You're not in yes. charge of what's flying out of your mouth or who you're speaking to. Somebody yeah. else is that. What What do you think cancer is from your perspective? What do you think the ramifications of the prolificness of cancer in our world is it's really interesting because one of the things I asked the light beings in my own journey was about this I said every human body's body creates cancerous cells why 
Now, those cancerous cells are just like a vibratory pattern. And when the pattern gets too loud, it's like drums in an orchestra. Drums in an orchestra are really wonderful, but they've got to find the right volume because they're potentially really overtaking. When you go to a drumming circle, it's wonderful. You know, it's really primal. But when you've got an orchestra, which the human body is an orchestra of chemical reactions and cellular, you know, microbiology, it's a very complicated system. Every two years, we have a brand new physical structure even the skeleton renews um, itself every two years. So we're actually built to be a self-nurturing, um, uh, self self-sustaining, self-healing mechanism. But we break it down over time through toxic thinking, toxic feeling, toxic ways of being, and that toxicity just coagulates and gets too much in the cellular structure and it changes the vibratory field. But I said to spirit, okay, why are we born with cancer-producing mechanisms? And they said something to me that was, like, shocking. They said, it's a quick exit. What? It's a quick exit. When a soul is done with that life and they're ready to drop form and move on, because in the West we haven't been taught the ancient methodology through meditation to sit down and say, I'm done, and then consciously withdraw the spirit from the vehicle and move on and transcend form because we don't know how to do that in the West. We actually have been encoded, all of us, for a quick exit when we're ready. But it's also, too, these days about a sign of mastery because one of the things we work with people is um, the kinesiology because not everybody can trust their inner guidance, although most of us learn to over time. But, you know, you have the kinesiology technique where you form a circuit and then you make a statement as if it's true and then you try to break the circuit while you chant the statement over and over. Now, if that statement you're making is true, according to your essence, your already ascended nature, you can't break the circuit. But if it's not true, it breaks. So one of the things we teach people immediately regarding the cancer game is to simply say, and most people don't do it because they don't want to know, is it is my exit time. This is my exit time. This is an exit mechanism cutting in. And most people won't do it, but those that do often get, no, it's not your exit time. So mm. then it's like, well, this is about self-mastery and demonstrating alternative healing methodology independent from the mainstream offering. Because mainstream offering is usually chemotherapy, radio, etc. So for my experience of the tumor, I found and developed technology that took me four months through alternate healing to eliminate that cancer and the first the tumor. And the first thing was, what am I storing in the liver? 
Well, it was years and years of frustration because I'd had a difficult first marriage and I didn't know how to share my truth and I hadn't learned good conflict resolution from my parents because my parents never fought. They were madly in love like soulmates. And any discussion they had, they had in private away from the children. So I never learned good conflict resolution skills. So there's a whole two things. One, either cancer is rising now because it's a quick exit for people and it's time to drop form because their contracts on earth are complete, or it's teaching them about a re a detoxification of their system because something's out of balance, you know, and it's like, well, what's out of balance since this frequency has risen to the degree that it's upsetting the, 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 the pond in the human system. So what do I need to do to rebalance? Is it detoxifying mentally? Is it detoxifying emotionally? Is it detoxifying physically? What's going on? Is it that I need to forgive? You know, because one of the first things in healing is forgiveness, forgiveness of self. Like I had to forgive myself because I'd never learned conflict resolution skills. So I swallowed my frustration, which create the imbalance. I had to forgive my partner for many different issues because he had issues growing up where he never learned conflict resolution either. You know, it's a complicated but interesting journey where we learn so much. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if only the mainstream medical model would look at just one or two of those aspects of it, you know, instead of trying to fight or kill the disease, you end up killing the person as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I remember when Jerry Hicks made his transition, you know, the husband to Esther Hicks who channels Abraham and everyone across the world, because they speak to hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people are like, how could somebody who teaches this stuff get sick? And he was old and he wanted to exit, you know, like, and it's like time to exit. And people don't understand that you can just, as Esther would say, Abraham, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, dead. There needs to be some excuse in order to exit this world. It can't just be, okay, done, I finished, see ya. Some people do, you know, in the 1990s when I transitioned into source feeding, I was part of an ascension network, you know, I'd moved from being with the the Upanishads and the Indian tradition over 22 years, that was complete, I'd integrated what I needed and when we're complete and integrated with something, a new matrix appears, our vibratory rate shifts and we magnetize, I'm magnetized into a new matrix. And for me, that was the ascended master matrix. And in that group were some interesting people. I, I ended up in a new community locally, which was fascinating, different focuses with people. And there was one man and he was really under the influence of thought and Hermes trigger, trigger, I can never say the name probably, but Hermes, and Serapis Bay in the Ascended Master Network. And he was done. He came in to teach some of those teachings of Melchizedek and others. And he just said, right, my contract's done. I'm going. I'm leaving at 4 o'clock next Sunday. On Saturday, he had a big party and said goodbye to everybody. And on Sunday at 4 His essence constricted the heart and it was said he had a massive heart attack, but it was just him pulling the plug. 
Because what we know is that we know the exact time of entry and why we're entering into that culture, that family, all of that. It's all preset by our ascended nature before we enter into this round, this body, again, this life. But we also know the exit and we know the contract. We know why we're coming in because as the ascended masters say to me, there's only the only game we're playing in their book is a six word model of reality. One, we extend from the unified realms. As we extend, we become slightly individualized. We form our own, what we call a source point portal. And then we beam out like a sunburst, like a starburst to run simultaneous lives. And at some point, we decide to descend onto earth to take human form. And then we play the rounds of that, the in and out and the resting between lives. <clears throat> they said the whole game about life on earth is simply about giving gifts. It's just gift exchange. So we extend, we descend, we exchange gifts. When the gifts are done being exchanged, then we ascend and we self-extract. Self-extract, they don't like the word death. They never use the word death. They just use you decide when to come in as an enlightened essence being and you decide when to drop form and you decide the manner in which you're going to drop form. Like I did a workshop in Japan a while ago on ascension dynamics and the day before we started, the former prime minister was assassinated and everybody was like, ah, you know, all the world focused on Japan in compassion and condolences. And my light being friend said that was a final act of grace. And I went, what? And this, because they said this into the Japanese group when they did a channeled message. And they said, look, this beautiful soul had finished all that he was born to do. His contract as an intergalactic was complete. It was time to leave. He chose to leave in this way as a final gift to Japan, to have Japan flooded with the virtue of compassion to elevate Japan. Because mm. what elevates a culture, what elevates a body, what elevates a world is the influx of virtues. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Uh... Lady Diana and uh, Mother um, Teresa, mm. and because they transitioned. What did you call it? Extract? Say that again. Extract? Yeah. So it's an extension, a dissension, an exchanging of gifts, an ascension, which is where we're all at now because many are completing this their last life. And there's many intergalactics where we're coming to the end of our contract delivery. And then it is extraction, self-extraction. They don't do the word death because mm -hmm. they say death has too many negative connotations, Absolutely. you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they want us, want us to see it as, hang on, you pop in, you pop out. You do it all in the timing that works for you mm -hmm. on a much bigger level because every one of us is just one small little drop of consciousness that's part mm -hmm. of a much larger pool of energy, you know, right. that is run, running simultaneous lives. And because it's our last contract on earth, it's our final embodiment for many, then even our exit will be very, very different because we'll bypass that zone of rest and recalibration that we enter into in life between lives on earth. So extraction methodology is changing now too. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, you spoke about um, the Ascended Masters and I think that on earth we get so caught up in hierarchy, you know, like mm. she channels the Ascended Masters or the Galactic <laughs> Federation of Light or the, the yeah. Beings of Light. And for many people that are watching, they kind of think you have to be special or you have to, you know, like to do this. But I don't know. That's why I call my guides the mob. I make it very irreverent because <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have access to those frequencies if we calibrate our vibration. Do you want to speak about mm. that? I'd love, yeah, look, I'd love to. It's like um, sometimes I have a scarf, but here's some embroidery, you know, a shirt. You can pop up like that and you just focus on the tip here of the finger and you think that's who you are because you're in human form and you play a game of separateness. But when you relax, you drop back, you drop into the very fabric of the space-time continuum and creation and you realize the mob are you. The ascended masters are you. You are Jesus. You are Buddha. You are. There is no hierarchy because we are all a pulsation in the web of one and we are all interconnected in the web of one like this dream catcher that I like here. You know, we are all of, we are the whole dream catcher. But on life on earth, we focus on a particular stitch and we think that's us. That's because we're conditioned to always be looking outside of ourselves, which is why the ancients and the yogis and the spiritual traditions say, let it go, just let it go. Unhook from the duality hologram, come back to the breath, understand the magnificence of the human design, that with the breath you can just unhook, 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 and you can drop back into another vibrational frequency that we access very quickly with three codes, and that is I am pure love, I am infinite, I am eternal, you focus your energy on those codes with a slow conscious breath, especially the I am pure love, and you just drop, 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 drop into that state of being where you are pure love, you are infinite, you are eternal, and then you just sense that you are the all that is. You are, you are the very fabric that, that gives life to creation. You are in this state of pure love, you are in this state of infinite understanding, you are in this state where wisdom flows, you start to, um, you're in the void, you're the formlessness that flows through form. And then of course, you can vibrate a bit up again, you know, and then you start meeting individualization, the individualized sparks of all the ascended ones or you know, the beings from the unified realms, from this universe or the multiverses. So they just say, we need education into the magnificence of the human design. Like, what are we built with? A breath. And it's free. We can all just breathe. Like, I can, we can all just slow down the breath and just I'm breathing in so much more than oxygen. I'm breathing and I'm choosing to breathe in the purest pulsations of love because energy becomes that which we label it. And so you just sit there and you just drink of love. You breathe in love. You imagine, because that's another magnificent thing about the human design is the imagination. 
the gift to image into higher realms and, and other fields of possibility. So we can just open to just be in this zone of love and then see what the quantum field, the unified field presents to you because at some point you have to let all your models of reality go because if you hold tight to a model of reality, that's all that you can draw out from the unified field. So I like to say to people, if you're going to meditate, just go into a state of no agenda, absolute surrender, anchor in the field of love. And in the field of love is the wisdom, the benevolence, all the virtues, whatever you need. And just see what needs to present to you because the benevolence will gift you whatever you're ready for when you can match the frequency field. Just repeat that last sentence again, Pearl. The, ben the benevolence will gift you with whatever you are ready to receive when you can frequency match into the field. And so that brings us back to that next incredible gift we have, which is time. Because how we choose to spend our time determines our frequency and what we draw from the unified field of infinite potential. And I'm not interested in keep drawing the same old, same old, old to me out of the duality hologram, which is why I started meditating five decades ago, because that journey is so interesting, especially what comes. And everyone being so unique, we just get the most interesting biofeedback from the unified field when we get out of agenda and control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I really believe that the galactics, many, most, well, you know, because Earth is on such a, a low category sort of evolutionary scale compared to many um, places in the cosmos, that all of them, many of them understand this teaching as their reality. It's like they don't need to mm. be taught it, just like we don't need to be taught how to breathe because mm. we understand mm. it as our reality, right? But here yeah. on Earth, we're so swamped in the illusion of separateness that mm. this teaching just needs to be repeated and repeated and repeated like you're mm. magnificent no I'm not I'm unworthy you're magnificent <laughs> no I can't do that <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. Um, what was I going to say to you so yeah and many of them have because of this understanding because of this knowing of who they are connected to the that ocean, what did you call it? Ocean, divine ocean, what do you call it? You have the, the most beautiful just essence the, ocean. The essence, essence ocean. ocean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they understand they're one with the essence ocean. Yeah, they don't have that. They're um, source fed and they don't have mm. that. Their physical bodies, many of them, don't have that need for to ingest mm. uh, food. Mm. Although, as I shared with Amrita on the show I did with Amrita, you know, some civilizations have taken the ritual of food with them because they enjoyed it even though they understand mm. their body doesn't need it they've just they're enjoying the social art aspect and the ritual mm. and the cooking um but but do you want to speak about that because that seems to be what where most people are focused on with you like how could she not eat because to the mainstream mind it just seems impossible i was telling my girlfriend who's staying with me at the moment she's out now and and seeing that little mind click over no, no, that's impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> you can't live without eating. No, no, no. It just seems to totally dumbfound people that that's a possibility. Yeah. Look, I've come to realise that it depends what zone you're anchored in. 
like love, the power of love is just incredible. You know, when you can regularly just relax back because it is nothing to achieve. It really is just dropping back into true nature. Like we already are completely ascended. We are star beings. Like all the DNA testing on crash sites, etc., have found there's human DNA in those alien bodies. And everyone's now coming, to, many are coming to the conclusion that we are star beings who chose to extend from the unified realms and descend into earth. And then when we landed here a long, long time ago in linear time, we became mesmerized. And the, the light beings talk about it being mesmerized, mesmerized. And we used to sit regularly and just connect through because there is no space time in, in a certain frequency. So you just sit and then you just go visit your family and the other star systems while you're having a gap year. They used to say it's like we're children on a gap year, you know, finish school and we go and play on, you know, from Australia, we'd go to Europe on a gap year for a year and then we'd come back and study more and settle down after traveling. And But we forgot that <laughs> we were on a gap year. And eventually they say, the, the light beings say, look, we were so mesmerized, one, by having a body. It's like many had never descended so deep into density before and we're much more etheric and now we've got like eyes and we've got taste and touch and senses and smell and ears and we were suddenly on Gaia, the most beautiful, magnificent, incredible consciousness that was vibrating through earth who gave us bodies so we as formlessness could know form upon her. She gave us the elements. And instead of sitting regularly and tuning in back home and saying, hi, we're doing great, we just got more and more and more mesmerized and then evolved in the laws that operate throughout creation, like the law of resonance, the law of love, the law of one, that affect all star systems, including Earth. And so as you're playing with energy, a little imbalance, and we could play for a long time, but then it was like time for a rest. So we drop that form, have a rest, recalibrate, come back into another, keep playing. But people think it's impossible to be doing something like having this essence ocean vibrating through them because that's my breakfast. It's like, I know I'm 99.9% .9 space on an atomic level. I know my cellular structure operates like a tunnel with essence vibrating through it. I know the filaments in the um, cellular structure take from that vibratory signature of essence that flows like wind through a tunnel what it needs to survive because I've gone into the body, I've looked, I've asked to see how this is possible. But that's because you take yourself into another zone. Now, that other zone correlates with the shift in brainwave patterns. So with most people, if they're mesmerized still by the hologram of duality and they're really anchored in the game of exchanging energy and the law of resonance and karma and play and they're in beta frequency brain, to them, it is impossible, and if you don't take physical food, you die. 
bottom line, that's it. Because you have no, one, you're not in mastery of the body. Like what if you said bio system, body system, I love you. As the master I am within you, as the ascended beingness I am at my core, I invite you to choose your form of nourishment joyously. If you want to take physical food and you get pleasure from that, that's great. But please choose what keeps you healthy and strong. If you want to feed from essence, if you want to open to, to take what you need from the essence ocean that flows through you, then do that. But however you feed, the end result must be that I am strong, fit, healthy. You see what I mean? So that's you coming in as the master who owns the biosystem to give it clear commands, which the biosystem goes, yay, fabulous. But if you've never been educated into this field of possibility or reality, then, and you're not even meditating and you're not taking time out to unhook from the duality hologram and just open to what else is there, then it is impossible and you'll die. But then you have the example of 4,000 years, 6,000 years of Qigong masters who started to immerse in Mother Nature's chi field and they'd start to play with energy and they'd do Qigong and they lightened up their diet and became um, very light eaters, vegan generally, and they found that they could go for longer and longer and longer periods without physical food because they were being fed in another way. So you have Mother Nature's pure chi field, which feeds us and heals us and recalibrates us. You have cosmic chi, which people get when they moon bathe or they sit under the stars or they just expand awareness to flow with those elements in meditation. And then you have essence chi. And essence chi is the baseline frequency of the purest love that vibrates through all of creation, including us. So you just let go of all the illusion. You choose no longer to be mesmerized by what is created in the man-made flows around us. You go back to Mother Nature, and then you go back into baseline, and you see what baseline wants to offer. And the more you sit and, and open to the baseline frequency and to to feel what it can give you, its voice, its intuition, its virtue spectrum, you just find you're just not hungry physically, emotionally, mentally. And gosh, that's freeing. But you see, I came in as an intergalactic to share about this futuristic science because the West was ready for it. And instead of delegating it to the yogis of India or the Qigong masters of China, we've actually bought in formula to say, this is another choice for you if it interests you. And also know that in your own journey of awakening, you might hit a frequency where you notice you're just not hungry anymore. Don't freak out. Even though everyone around you may be worried, just know this is a natural frequency you will hit in your own awakening journey. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that 
um, stayed with me after my conversation with you on the show this year was that you said that you didn't set out to be a breatharian and not you just you said it again today you just participated on your ascension journey raising your frequency Mm -hmm. recalibrating your vibration and this was the result and um, I think that around the world probably lots of people are trying to like be breatharian because it's something Mm. to achieve as opposed to achieving oh now I wish I remembered all your beautiful words achieving that um source essence now what did you call it you said there was a few different essences source essence which feeds you and Mm. as you were talking about that I'm thinking yeah once you achieve remembrance because as marina and i discussed it is a remembering it's not like Mm. you have to achieve something you don't know because you you are that essence Mm. you just have to let go of all the programs that keep you locked out of reconnecting Mm. to that essence Mm. once you achieve not only do you like stop being hungry or i i haven't stopped being hungry i have to say for for around food (laughs) but you can achieve almost anything you know like you can achieve almost anything yeah as the galactics do they they can levitate at will and you know like the the sci-fi of today is their reality really beam me Mm. up scotty the telepathy you know they communicate across the cosmos with telepathy and can move through energy portals and yeah like anything's possible once you achieve that vibrational alignment don't you think well, it's also, too, about, as I keep saying, it's just um, a radio dial, you know. We can turn, our lifestyle allows us to turn the channel and sometimes you pick up static and in the beginning you might be getting voices or messages and, you know, at one point for me in the beginning I thought maybe I was schizophrenic, so I did a whole study on schizophrenia <laughs> and I realised that, yes, that's a real, um, that's a reality too when people have schisms in their auric field and they pick up disembodied spirits and I actually wrote a, a paper on that and on the difference between schizophrenia and telepathy and all the rest of it. And in the beginning it is a bit like static and you get inspiration and you don't listen. And then maybe the universe goes, come on, you agreed to be part of something at a set time and things start to be moved around your field till you are on track with what you agreed. Because I see things as a pre-embodiment agreement and that we then, between lives, we look at, okay, it's, it's the game of exchanging gifts. What gift am I going to receive by returning to form this time on earth? And what gift am I going to give? And if you can see the whole experience of coming in and out of different forms on earth in the earth chapter, Um, as the exchange of gifts it really frees things up on many many levels energetically it just makes life simple so before embodiment you know you set out well what gift can I give this world this time what gift will I receive from being here that that others my soul group and family will help gift me as well what is the energy exchange on a gift level And gifts are always about wisdom and virtues. That whole exchange of gifts being in form as formlessness is always about gaining virtues and wisdom, strengthening virtues and wisdoms. And at some point, remembering. And the remembering 
that we are vast multidimensional constructs and just one little drop, the tip of the iceberg, is what's in form. And so it is relaxing back into the vastness of who we are. And it has levels. It's a spiral and it has levels within levels. And when you can relax enough, let go, relax. And the quickest thing for me is the coding. I am pure love. I am infinite. I am eternal. That's like a quick slide down the spiral till you hit that frequency that you're coding into. And then you realize that you're surrounded by beings who are in the deepest unity consciousness and that you yourself have never left the unified planes at all. And in the unified planes, you are all source fed. So the vast, like, I look at it logically that if 99.9% of my being is space, and that space is not space in an atom, in an atom, it's actually consciousness. So that means 99% of me is already source fed because there's only a point part a small part of me that's actually solid matter at all of at all so the majority of us all of us have this vibratory field pulsating through us and it's just a matter of whether we focus on it or we keep focusing on the external world of man-made creation which when you've had enough rounds on earth it's like yeah i've had a look at all that yeah it's interesting but kind of done now show me who i really am like i love the code for people to just say, reveal to me the magnificence of who I really am. Reveal to me with joy and ease and grace my vast multidimensional nature so that all that I am and all that I vibrate as I move through the realms is, is nourishing for all sentient life. And some of you go, yes, I love that. And it's like, okay, we'll just say yes, yes, yes. Lock this in, make it my truth. And that's another accelerant in your journey of remembrance. Oh, beautiful. You know, as we move into yet another linear year here on earth, I think that we can take those mantras with us. Mm. I am, what is it? I am pure love. Pure love. Mm. I am infinite. And what was the other one? I am. And I am eternal. What, am eternal. what the, see, remember, I had a career as a computer programmer, and now I just do cosmic coding because it has better <laughs> results. <laughs> you know? And in my, in my old job, I was making rich people richer with money and or people richer. And now I, I'd rather make people richer in life. You know, and I think the greatest richness you can get is to to really merge back into that vibration where your essence dominates your life, where the frequency spectrum of your pure nature dominates the whole biofield, the physical structure, the emotional structure, the mental structure, and the whole etheric structure. And then you're like, oh my God, I live on heaven on earth because. When the essence structure dominates, it has the power to revibrate the illusionary fields around you into the same frequency. And you just feel like people are amazing. Earth is incredible. I live on heaven on earth because it's just a different zone that you're accessing as you go back into true nature vibratory spectrum. So now you're living in the Shambhala matrix. 
And not only are you living in the Shambhala matrix, which is the matrix of the inner earth civilization who took on board the remnants of beings who moved out of the previous golden ages. So when Atlantis fell, many went into inner earth civilization. When Egypt was at its height and changed, many went in and joined the inner earth civilization, the community of Telos and the others that are there. And they're like a pancake of a pure frequency and they are sending such vibrations from their frequency field because in unity we are strong and when we're unified in pure frequencies we're as strong as can be and then that's bringing in the matricy of the unified realm so we really are the meat in the sandwich as you said in the beginning and then anything that's not of these two frequencies of these matrices as the energies flow through us it's like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so it can seem quite uncomfortable and chaotic unless we every day consciously unhook from all of the shifting fields and go back to the rhythm of pure peace that's inside us and around us, go back to the rhythm of pure love. And love has many flavors. There's unconditional love, there's romantic love, there's divine love. <clears throat> so when we claim I am on the inhale, pure love on the exhale, we are actually commanding the molecular cellular structure to align itself to the frequency of pure love. And so it does. So atoms, molecules, cells start to revibrate into that frequency of pure love and everything changes within us. And that's when the beginning of losing our hungers. And what's interesting is the emotional hunger because so many people eat because they're emotionally hungry. Well, what about if we began to feed from the zone of virtue? Because in the frequency field of pure love, there's peace, there's compassion, there's joy, there's bliss, there's everything you could imagine. And when that gets stronger within you, now you're being fed emotionally. So you no longer see to feed yourself emotionally from external titillations like relationships or food, even though they can be great pleasure, you lose your dependence on that because you're just being fed in a different way. And then, of course, within that field of pure love, you have the frequency of light and wisdom and the higher understanding of the sacred geometries in the key code of, of creation. And that rises. And now you're being your lower mental body is being synchronized and harmonized with the supreme mind of infinite intelligence and you lose your mental hungers. And to me, that's been an incredible gift. And it's not that you think you know everything because the more you do this journey, the more you realize you know nothing at all because it's so big in its field. But you just know that whatever you need to know will come to you when you need to know it. Yeah. Whatever you need to know will come to you when you need to know it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that that mantra is never more pertinent. Like we can do it when we sit in, in our morning meditation or our evening meditation or our midday meditation, whenever we meditate. But it's at those times when we're seduced by the illusion of separateness, like we're angry at someone, we feel ripped off, we think this is unfair and we're all up in our stuff, I think, to come back to the I am the I am pure love and just let that 
let that wash over any situation that we get drawn into, whether it's a mm. personal or global. Like we, there's so mm. many people. Like there's so much stuff happening globally. There's, and there's more mm. to come. There's more to come. It's a, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a mix master time. It's like all the ingredients have come together for the flourishing of the sixth and final golden age on earth. So everything's mm-hmm. in the mix master and the blender is on. And you can sit there and watch and go, or you can just go, yeah, it'll take however long it takes. And I'm just going to sit back here and re-identify with something that brings me greater pleasure because I am pure love aligns you to that field. I am infinite awakens you to the reality that there is an infinite energy vibrating through you and it starts to allow you to feel multidimensional and the I am eternal reminds the physical structure of the nature of energy vibrating through it and you slow down the aging process and you stay vital independent of wrinkles or age you know and so now you're living in a highly energized vital vast multidimensional construct and you look at Earth and you go, hmm, interesting gifts we're giving each other. Yeah. And you don't see when you even add the reality of everything is about the exchange of gifts that give us greater wisdom and virtues, then whatever's happening in the world, you go, okay, well, what am I learning? What's the gift it's giving me? Just be patient because we're in mixed master blend time and we've got another 10 years at least of chaos. By 2050, you will not recognize this world. So how are you going to handle it? Are you going to identify and get caught in the waves of change and chaos? Or are you just going to go, I control my reality. I am unhooking consciously. I'm back to the pure love. I'm back to the fact I am exploring my infinite, eternal, multidimensional nature and see what else is there. And then it's like, yay, that's fun. <laughs> but look, I, oh, I just. Darling, yeah. You're amazing. <laughs> you're just amazing. I, this just, this, you know, I've been doing, you've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for a long time. I just like, I feel like it's just on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, because mm. we just, mm. you just need to nothing be. Nothing new. Nothing mm. new, but just, well, it's all new really for many, mm. but it, it's, it's also like we all know it deep within our soul Mm. Uh, it's just that remembering it's like coming back it's coming back Mm. to the remembering coming back coming back yeah coming back oh dang and you're and you're living and you're a living light all the time which is so beautiful we need teachers like you who kind of never fall off the wagon with the remembering so to speak you know (laughs) I mean I don't know do do you get caught up in the matrix and upset and pissed off and or do you stay on that high vibrational plane look we've when you can look at simultaneous time but let's forget that and go to linear time you know when you look back in meditation you'll see a trail of energy behind you which is your formlessness having dipped into different forms through linear time and we haven't always had the awareness that we have now And so we have these, we all have some messy patterns of energy sometimes within us, even though we've been gaining trainings, gifts, talents through all those linear timelines that we are hooking into and and utilizing that have made us who we are today. But you can be in the presence of people that are designed to take you deeper into the field of virtue so that you can have the next level of revelation. So, you know, 
this year, not this year, the end of last year, I um, I live in a peaceful ashram. You know, I create a reality where I live with myself, my cats, my husband and I choose to live separately because we're both predominantly yogis, but we like married life as well. So we spend time together, but we spend time living separately. That's just what works for us over 40 years of marriage. And um, I normally have a very peaceful, beautiful energy field of my own creation called my ashram, where I create and paint and write and do what I do. And there was this young girl who was suicidal and she'd been through the ringer of life. She was, is what I call one of the star children coming in as a multidimensional she was looking for good role models and hadn't seen them. And she'd had some very heavy experiences in life, mainly because she didn't want to listen to anyone. She would dive in boots and all and then suffer greatly and hate the world. So after she'd had a suicide attempt, she had nowhere to go. And I took her into my home and I thought she can just stay with me and have a place of safety and sanctuary. For me, it was a huge shock because I've been hanging out with really amazing people for 30 years or more. I only generally meet people who are so loving and kind and compassionate with bigger picture awareness. And I have a very interesting network I'm part of in the world and I live a very particular way. And this one came in like a bomb, hate, filled with hate. In my heart, it was like, oh, my God, if I reached out to touch her, I could see the trajectory of where she would end up if she didn't change her reality and frequency field. It was really interesting because she really was an anger bomb. And she was with me for five months and she taught me so much. She taught me that people don't want to know your realities. If I started to talk to her about the different universal laws or what you give out, you get back or anything, she was like, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in any of that. And in the end, we just existed almost wordlessly. But as time went on, every day when I'd be in meditation, after a while, she joined me, not physically because she was still, <laughs> but she joined me um, and I'd find her just coming in and sitting on my lap. And she was coming in as a six-year-old. Now, it was at six that she started to really get her first human wounds where she was like, felt she was not being supported by the adults around her and different things. So she'd just come in energetically and sit on my lap and I would just feel mothery. And I'd often be in prayer myself going, oh, this is so hard. I don't want to damage this, this girl further. How do I deal with her? How do I help nurture her back to health? How do, what can I do that's for her highest good? Forget the impact she was having on my field. The impact was I was praying more <laughs> and going, oh, help. And so I'd sit in meditation and I just started to feel the divine feminine just embracing me. You know, it's like, Jazz, you are also loved. Everyone is so loved. Everyone is so supported. Everyone has so much love surrounding them. If only 
you'd stop and sit back and relax into that love. And it feels like the I am pure love, that you're in a divine embrace. And so I was just getting strength every day from that with the voice saying, you can do this, you can do this. You wouldn't be in your field if you couldn't do this. Anyway, so she'd come in on my lap and I would just do the same and I would just wrap my arms as if I was the goddess, the intergalactic goddess. And I would just sit there and I would infuse the six-year-old with love and I would just say, I love you, 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 I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I realized as time went by, when I would imprint her, infuse her with love, and I looked with my third eye, and one day I saw she was holding the earth. So I was being embraced by the goddess. I was embracing her. She was embracing earth. And all the love from all that flow was going into the earth. And I realized she's a multidimensional. She's come in to support Earth with love, but she still hasn't found her power. Show me her matrice. And as I asked to see her matrice, who is she connected into? Because we're all wired into different levels of support intergalactically and multidimensionally. I saw she was wired into Shakti, into, into, into Kali. And I'm Shakti, I'm like in the, the field of love. And so I'm in this vibration of peace and water and fluid, I like. And she came in with fire and she was in destructive Kali energy and she hadn't yet learned constructive Kali energy. So what I was giving her was a sanctuary to come into a detachment and just a rest and relaxation so she could heal from using Kali energy destructively and start to learn to use Kali energy constructively. And the gift she gave me was really coming back into my own Kali nature. So I look back and I think, whoa, did she give me so many gifts, gifts that then allowed me to have three powerful meetings later with beings of light who said, if she hadn't have come into my field, I couldn't have matched their matricy to receive the next level of revelation I needed because I needed to go deeper into compassion. I needed to go deeper into patience and I needed to witness the power of the divine embracing, healing everything. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then she, then she left finally. She became 18, she got a place of her own and she's powering in life now. And she's using Kali energy constructively and no longer destructively. She took nothing I said on board, not interested in my model of reality, but you don't have to. I think the greatest thing we can give each other in our world is just to invite them into a divine embrace energetically. And anyone in your family who's suffering, anyone who's going through a hard time, just hold them in a divine embrace. And I love you. And I love you. I love you. And every day, put the world in a divine embrace and imagine your multidimensional goddess type Shakti loving arms around earth and just infusing 8 billion people with I love you. 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 And that's service to me. Yeah. No dogma, no words. Yeah. I've got, 
<laughs> fascinating. Wow. Just wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 I've got some wows going on here. Yeah. I think that as, you know, as light workers that want to, um, you know, be more love, uh, we have to remember to love the, as you say, the Kali energy, the, the destructive energy and not reject it and, mm -hmm. and see the destruction or the, what did you say? We put the blender. <laughs> see, you know, see, see it all with loving eyes that the, the destruction is a part of the evolution. Um, rebirth. As, rebirth. As my guides have said to me, you know, if you're going to renovate a house, you have to, there's chaos energy. You're going to have to pull yeah. some stuff. There's going to be destruction first yeah. before there is the renovation, um, which mm. has just happened to me recently. I've just had a few renovations done here. And yeah, and destruction and chaos, you know, comes before the new is built. And yeah. um, to love all that too. I think that that's so important as we move into 2023. Oh, darling, well, I'm going to go into Q&A. And so we're going to stop mm -hmm. the live now and then we'll speak to our little online tribe. But thanks everyone who's been watching online. I've been on Facebook. I've been posting it all over Facebook and YouTube and uh, Twitter. We've also been on Twitter. I don't know if anyone watches on Twitter. If you do, give me a comment if you're watching on Twitter. And I'll stop the live and we'll go into the Q&A for people who have some questions for Jazz. Thank you, Jazz, for your, for your service. It's been so beautiful. Thank you.